Sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Doe. Penn, Matt, Reddy Rich, and I are broadcasting from Show Peter Studios South here in Las Vegas. On today's show, we'll talk about the amazing Jonathan's memorial service, Doe's trip to California, and maybe we'll read some viewer mail. And by now, you've figured out the viewer mail is shorthand, but we don't have any idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> here he is, preaching love, Mr. Penn Gillette. Yeah, preaching love. Yeah, I didn't go, uh... I didn't go to Amazing Jonathan's Memorial. Uh, I really, uh, uh, I maybe I want to be like Warren Beatty in, okay. in every way. Yeah. But Warren Beatty has the reputation of not going to memorial services yeah. or funerals at all. And his reason is he just can't face his own mortality. He can't think about death. Right, right, right. But I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know really. I mean, the memorial thing is for the family, for the friends and family yeah. who are going to miss. And I wanted to be respectful. Yeah. I also, um, and I know, I, I know who Amazing Jonathan was. You know, I yeah. knew him. But I'm also very uncomfortable with the idea of a roast memorial. I, 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 I you know, when we did the memorial for Johnny. Yeah. There were funny stories told, but there wasn't real shtick, you know? No, no, and no. And I know that a lot of entertainers' memorials have shtick. People stand up and just do comedy material. Yeah. I mean, I know that that's, a, that's an old-time tradition. Yeah. And I do understand love being um, expressed with busting balls. I do understand that. Yeah. But I'm not sure it always makes me comfortable. And the the older I get, the less I seem to like parody and satire and busting balls, the the older I get, the less I respect irony. Yeah. And the more sincerity means more to me. Did anybody just get up and say they were gonna miss Jonathan or did everybody do shtick? Well I mean I know everybody did it as part of them. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Everybody at the end, of course, said very nice things or whatever. Sure. Yeah. But I, I hear you, and that like there's, there's a difference between, in the case of Amazing Jonathan, honoring him by having all kinds of crazy humor, is an honor. I think mm -hmm. for some other examples, what you're talking about, I don't feel like we should like run away from the pain of loss. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I feel like a funeral or a memorial is a chance for a group of people that were affected by this loss to express that in a time where it has its greatest value. Yeah, there's been in the past, I don't know, 30, 40 years, yeah. uh, that the, 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 it has changed from grieving to a celebration of life. Yeah. They always use the phrase celebration of life now. Yeah, yeah. That's fairly new, isn't it? Relatively, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know, you know, the, the uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny Thompson, yeah. uh, said to me, uh, I had a friend, a uh, very good friend of mine, uh, died in the 90s when I was in my 40s. Uh, and it was really, really tough for me, really tough for me. And uh, Johnny said, and I didn't understand that, but he said to me, um, this is the hardest. The friend that you lose in your 40s, that's a peer. He said uh, that you spent time with it as a close friend. That's harder. As you get older, it's easier. 
But that first one is the hardest because it ripped me apart. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I can't live with my friends dying forever. And Johnny was just like, you'll get better at it. <laughs> but uh, when I, uh, he had, uh, he was not, he was not married. And um, so his parents were both alive when he died. He died of a heart thing. It wasn't a drug thing or anything. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, it was just a, a you know a bad heart that it was congenital. He even he even ate perfectly and stayed in good shape. It was just you know the heart didn't work, and um, it was very very traumatic. He died at a friend's house. It was with their room, and it was horrible. Died when he saw on the phone, just dead. And I remember one moment that I was told about that was so incredibly powerful an image. Uh, he was in a locked house and a person had to break in to let the EMTs in. It was very complicated. And my friend who let the EMTs in said that the EMTs ran to the room and they got to the room and saw him and started walking. Yeah. And he said that was the most chilling image because the EMTs knew when they got in the room, he was dead. Yeah. And he's, they, they just knew that. Yeah. And so it was, it was no longer an emergency. Right, and he said, when all the tension went out of the EMTs, all the blood drained out of him. He just went, but when he died, it. The parents asked me to speak at his at his funeral, and uh, LOD Lawrence O'Donnell Jr. of MSNBC, who was my senior advisor, said to me, "I said I I don't know what to say." He said. his parents want to remember what a great guy he was. So uh, you don't need to make too many jokes. You get one joke, one laugh, but make sure he's the one that gets the laugh. Make sure he's the one that gets the laugh. Tell a funny story where he gets the laugh. Yeah. Talk about how successful he was. Talk what he meant to you. And do not mention yourself any more than you have to. It's about him. And he said, and um, you don't need to say anything to the parents other than I'm sorry for your loss. You don't need to be witty. You don't need to be clever. It's not your job to do any of the stuff you have to do other places. Go there and be respectful to your friend who's died, and you'll get through. That was incredible advice, by the way. Incredible advice. And I spoke, and it, that really is an important thing that he got the laugh. I did not tell a funny story where, and then I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just, this is what he did funny. This is how he made me laugh. This is how successful he was. And I don't mean I brought any comfort to the parents there. Well, no, no, no. But none. There's none to bring. There's none to bring. Yeah. And then I talked to the, uh, to the rabbi, and uh, they wanted it to be fairly traditional. And he said, I want to be very respectful of this. I know that Barry was an atheist. I know that you're an atheist, and I know that most of his friends are atheists. And uh, uh, I want to be respectful to that. And I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. And he even said when he spoke, the rabbi spoke of um, respecting the atheists which is really a heavy thing. And then he took me aside as whatever I was, the atheist ambassador in the <laughs> Jewish church, and told me about what some of the traditions mean. You know, 
sitting shiva and all that stuff. And that rabbi um, taught me a little bit about how to grieve. Yeah. He really taught me what the traditions mean and the throwing the dirt on the coffin and all of that stuff. Um, all that kind of jive stuff that when you're 20 years old and in movies and shit, you laugh about. All this stuff has evolved, and that's exactly the right word, for the, for the, for the right kind of setup for grieving. You know, yeah. and Lawrence O'Donnell can can talk about this forever, about how uh, the Boston Irish really have it down. <laughs> he said they really know how to grieve. Yeah, and he said he went to funerals from the time he was a child. That was just a thing they did. Yeah. They got really used to going, and I never did. My parents did not. I didn't even go to my grandfather's funeral, you know? So I didn't have all those things in place. And I worry that by trying to um, change it to celebration of life, that we're in some way, I mean, Teller and I, uh, for Anastasia, uh, uh, Jonathan's widow, we sent flowers that said, sorry for your loss. Yeah. You know, I really didn't want to make a joke. Right. And one of the reasons I was glad that we weren't able to go to Jonathan Memorial was I I I miss Jonathan. I I cared for Jonathan and I know it's what he would have wanted. Right? Yeah. But it's not what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's not part of my grieving process to see Chris Angel do 10 minutes of shtickle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if I want to grieve, that's a different kind of grieving. <laughs> oh, I, th I thought <laughs> watching Chris Angel was a different kind of sadness. Um, but yeah. It's hard to cross those streams. <laughs> you know, and I heard that, you know, um, Harrison Greenbaum was, was really, really funny. Yeah, yeah. And there's something about saying... He was really funny to remor memorial services. Like when we did uh, uh, Johnny Thompson's memorial and remembering him, Yeah, I, 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 you know, I couldn't speak. You couldn't talk at all? I couldn't speak at all. Uh, you know, Moxie ba bailed me out. I couldn't speak. Um, uh, my son, Zilton, and I were, were kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah. The two of us just sobbed. The whole yeah. time. And I couldn't pull it together. And I don't know, you know, um, uh, I've been told also the most important thing with a grieving family is get them, get them food. Mm. Make sure that the supper is there. But all the stuff that they seem to do in Boston that I read about, I've never been part of a, you know, an Irish, Irish wake. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that, that Boston funereal stuff. Uh, you know, Tony's family worked in the, uh, Funeral industry, that's what you say, yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. The biz. The it. biz, yeah. And uh, that kind of, uh, it's just, you know, it's really, we're doing this with everything, right? You know, marriage with lifespans getting longer, marriage has changed, work has changed tremendously. Uh, what is it now? The, the average person uh, graduating from college now will have seven jobs. They will have seven careers. Oh, good. I, I didn't realize that was, <laughs> you want to start juggling? You come by my house later and I'll run really? you through some of the tricks. Well, like it was ridiculous. And now if that's the case, then good. But the world is changing and 
trying to keep up with it. And this celebration of life type stuff is uh, very confusing for me because I think um, what I want to do, uh, like what I want to do for Joel, is I want to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I think they're going to do a little memorial where people tell stories about him and so on. And I think uh, I uh, I mostly want to cry. Yeah. And I don't really feel like Making jokes about it. all that being said. Now you didn't speak at Jonathan's. Memorial. No, 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 no. I mean, I I don't think Jonathan could have picked me out of a lineup, but uh, he did attend uh, the Bucket Show when Johnny performed at it, uh-huh. which is a neat, weird milestone to think on. Mm-hmm. And he did the when we did the Tarot Lounge show that mm-hmm. your wife produced back in the day. He was a guest on that show. Mm-hmm. I went as a fan. I watched Jonathan, Amazing Jonathan, perform as a kid on television if he was on tv i want to watch it if there's a possibility he'd be on tv i want to see if he'd be on it i i loved uh his show a lot mm-hmm. uh especially as a kid as a kid i had no idea he was a magician none well he wasn't <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, i mean you know, children are so he, perceptive he, aren't they he knew he knew so much magic loved magic so much yeah was part of the magic community but if you dissect most of his shows not a lot of magic no 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 the bill to lemon over 40 minutes um <laughs> you know i ended up finding improv at 15 that gravity came from oh my gosh this guy can be weird and crazy and cr- make his stand-up appearance an event and that's enough like that's a different kind of thing mm-hmm. that's holding our attention and it's working for that crowd and it's working for tv and you can just be weird and crazy and be that intriguing and that was awesome to me mm-hmm. and so when i first saw improv shows i was like oh this is that same feeling to me um so i went as a, f- a fan and I just wanted to hear stories. So same thing that you're talking about, which I was like, I love the absolute, you know, production around it. I personally left wanting more stories. I wish I heard more. I just wanted to hear a lot more. And that's why. And that's the thing you talked about. Johnny's like, Johnny's one. That was when your wife was like, you know, put out the email. Do you want to speak at it? And I almost said yes. And as soon as I saw who was talking, I was like, thank God. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> because Johnny, that's what Johnny did. Johnny made you feel like you were so close to him. Yeah. And then when you saw who spoke at his funeral, you're like, that's silly that I thought I could also <laughs> say something. <laughs> but in this case, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was an absolute spectacle. And I believe is exactly what he would have wanted mm-hmm. me as a fan. I, I, I would, I would have loved to have heard half a dozen more stories about him. Well, you know, the advice of making it about, uh, the person, I mean, when, when I went to hear about, Johnny Thompson. I wanted to hear everybody talk about Johnny Thompson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, when they had a Siegfried and Roy thing, I wanted to hear about Siegfried and Roy. And I guess it's a joke. I guess Stephen Stephen Banks yeah. uh told me that he goes to a lot of memorials in uh, in LA. He likes to think about he he really loves show business and he, if the yeah. if the memorial's open, he'll go. He said there's always one guy whose memorial speech is the great thing about X is how he realized I was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, guy at this, at Jonathan's had one of what I thought was the best Jonathan story, which was, he said, one day Jonathan called me and he said, Hey, you know who was talking about you? Nobody. <laughs> Click. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the Jonathan story I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, that's perfect. And had that been the whole speech, I would have been. It would have been great. <laughs> you were there too. No, I just watched the video. I oh. saw a video of it. Yeah. Before anyone yeah, writes in or asks, down. it's all down. It's all down. Yeah. It's not up anymore. Anastasia no. just said we don't want anything posted from it, uh, and so had it all taken down. Oh, good. But in that yeah. hour, I saw. The, I saw it. You know, how Anastasia is with her manners and very polite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People took it down right away. <laughs> 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 and I said that with love. I, 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 that's Anastasia through and through. It's great. Yeah. But she was kind of like, the fuck? And everyone was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Anastasia found the memorial uh, in, in yeah. some way. It helped her grieving. Yeah, yeah. So that's all that matters. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I read a book uh, by a, a brilliant f uh, funeral uh, director who wrote about it. And said something that I just can't n knock out of my head. Whenever somebody talks about their legacy or what they want for their memorial, um, he says in the book, the definition of being dead is you no longer have a vote. <laughs> you do not, you're not able to control anything yeah. after you're dead. Well, I, so anybody that talks about what they'd like at their memorial, all you want to say is just, Fuck you. No, you, we you don't know, care. You know how much trouble... You, I want to tell you the right answer is yes, absolutely. And then once they're dead, do whatever you want. Because my dad was mad for a long time. <laughs> he said, I want you to take my ashes and plant them under this tree. I said, whatever, dad. <laughs> Didn't like that answer. And so now I have learned to just say yes, yeah, you yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah absolutely we're gonna you're do gonna that. do that Dad. we're gonna use your skull and dance around naked <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah yeah. we'll have a wild orgy we're gonna do all that for you then when <laughs> dead I tell you, yeah but after going through this now over a year back but when i lost my father-in-law no specifications as to what they wanted to have happen no. you know none and so slowly but surely everyone starts putting their votes you know mm -hmm. and it's like i definitely can't make it clear enough to my children like whatever is the least burdensome thing to do with my actual remains <laughs> do <laughs> like if you want to do something honor, go for it. But like, create no burden on my part for the actual physical remnants of my body. I don't care. Well, you know, Lawrence Rodol <laughs> also says your goal in life is to die with as much debt as possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, my uh, my for my mother and father, yeah. we had just graveside, nothing, yeah, yeah. like twenty minutes, and there were like. 20 people there, you yeah. know, and my mother, is, my mother was, a, as I've said many times, a, rem a remarkable person, yeah. minister who'd known my family the whole time. My mother went up and said, um, uh, Reverend, my husband wanted a religious service, so we're going to do that, but keep in mind that nobody here that's listening to you believes in God and wants anything to do with any of this. So do what my husband wanted, but do it fast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So he, he was really wonderful. He told some nice stories about my father Yeah. and read like the minimum amount of scripture you're able to read for it. To, I mean, whatever the minimum for yeah. religious service is, he came in on that. Yeah. And then he also did my mom's. And I said, essentially the same thing. I don't know why we're doing this, but go ahead. <laughs> 
But that's the thing. It's like, if there's a gathering, to me, I want maximum story collection. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. This is your greatest opportunity to collect the most amount of stories about this person. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. Well, I if I have any sort of vote about it. <laughs> you bet, Penn. I would like none of the stories to be <laughs> true. I say, this goes down. The, nothing your family want more than podcast co-hosts going to be like, you know. <laughs> no true stories let's do it like the rumsfeld episode remember all our radio rumsfeld episode oh yeah exactly <laughs> what's the radio rumsfeld episode when, 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 when gano and i told stories about donald rumsfeld <laughs> for, for about our trips and 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 things we did with donald <laughs> when we were hitchhiking across country donald rumsfeld and i was how every and then we did like one each, and then people started calling in <laughs> with Rumsfeld stories. their own Rumsfeld stories, and it was, I think, the best radio show we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's really good. Yeah. And I, 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 this is the thing that I have real trouble understanding. I'm going to. This is not exactly on topic, but yeah, I uh, have. A physical reaction to embarrassing things I've done in the past, where I will just go, oh, remembering something that I did that was oh, yeah, yeah. wrong. Yeah. And I have those all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh. You just did it right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that feeling, yeah. you know, I think I have them more than other people because I think I've done more stupid, embarrassing <laughs> things. But I think, and I if I were going to write a self-help book that could solve something, it would yeah. be this. If everyone that knows about your embarrassing thing is now dead and there's no record of it, you are no longer allowed to cringe about it. <laughs> I have things that I said and did to my mom and dad yeah. that I'm embarrassed about. They are both dead. Yeah, There was no one else in the room. They never wrote it down. Can I just walk away? <laughs> Definitely. Yes, yeah. you can. But yes. I can't. I know. I can't. I still feel awful about it. There are times. <laughs> I, the only thing I can say to myself to get myself out of a tailspin of regret mm-hmm. is to say, Matt, there's no time machine. There's no time machine. You're never going back and fixing it. <laughs> Stop trying to dwell on it. Like and you then you try to go it. back and actually orchestrate how far back you'd have to go beforehand <laughs> and what you would do differently. <laughs> And you know, every night before I go to sleep, I have the guilt roundup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I lie in bed and just think about everything I fucked up that day <laughs> and what I could do better. And then the next day, I don't do it better. Yeah. yeah just do it again. <laughs> and my guilt roundup used to be maybe a minute. Now my guilt roundup's like 45 minutes. <laughs> Gotta go to bed earlier. I did that day. <laughs> and that's what daylight savings time takes away from me. <laughs> We, when you write a, uh, a letter to uh, question pen, is that what it's called? Yes, yeah. question pen at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Question pen at gmail.com. You send an email to uh, Ready Rich, mm-hmm. who is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I don't answer the emails. Ready Rich answers the emails with answers that are crazy. Yeah. So there has been a kind of a predator prey co evolution thing happening <laughs> where the letters coming in are also getting crazier. Yeah, yeah. So now, you know, um I'll just say by the way, side note is if you become a Patreon member, I get the email. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> if you're just tired already, wow. Rich. Oh, by the way, you can buy your way past the gate. By the by the way, about Patreon. Yeah. Let's just talk about Patreon for a second. My book, Random. Oh yeah, yeah. Is coming out in the fall. Mm-hmm. So I said to um, my publisher, Johnny uh, Johnny Temple. I said, uh, you know, we have all these Patreon people that listen to my podcast. Can we give them a advanced copies or some sort of special deal? Mm-hmm. And he said, certainly, but we'll work that in. And then he talked to me the other day, and uh, he said, I want to do a pre-package that is more expensive mm-hmm. than what the book will be. It'll cost more money. Yeah. But uh, it'll include, uh, the book is about, uh, chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called random. It's about dice. Uh, we're going to get custom made dice. And he said, also, I'd love to have some other stuff written by you. So I sent him four short stories that have never been published anywhere that are, uh, about, um, I guess altogether, like a lot mm-hmm. altogether, probably like 25 pages. I mean, oh, nice. pretty long. Uh, some of the stuff I talked about, about Harold, the song poem, opera that i wrote and uh one of these i wrote for black mirror that was never used and two incredibly creepy unpleasant skin crawling things that my publisher said when i said it i'm not my publisher my literary agent said when i sent it to him "Uh, you can't put these out you never work again (laughs) (laughs) one is called god is real ah and it's very very unpleasant uh, it turns out that God really does appear and God really does hate gays. <laughs> and there's no way around that. He actually is God and he really does do that. And there's no way to argue. <laughs> the other one is about a guy who wants to get in the newspaper by chaining himself to a tree where he will die of thirst and hunger and then throws his computer and cell phone far enough away that he can't reach them. Uh, it's a different, because he, he, he wants to get as famous as a school shooter, but doesn't want to hurt anybody else. So it's the most grotesque suicide he can think of. Very unpleasant stuff that um, my literary agent said, don't ever put either of these out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Johnny read them and liked them. <laughs> so we're going to do a special advanced thing. Oh, cool. And uh, it's going to be available to everybody. Mm-hmm. But Patreon people that are, Penn Sunday School are going to get a uh, first shot at it because it'll be limited. And they're also going to get it cheaper than the more expensive. Oh. You know what I mean? Book's going to be X. Yes. Advanced book is going to be, you know, 2X. X plus. Yeah, X plus. And then they're going to be 2X minus Y. <laughs> um, and maybe we'll do a little something even more special. Of course, it'll all be autographed and all that. And maybe we'll do one more level of stuff for Patreon people. Great. So if you're not a Patreon person, yeah. try to get it for October because there's going to be, you'll probably save more money on the book deal yeah. than you will pay for the Patreon. Yeah, that's easy enough. And Patreon also gets you all the back shows. It also gets you uh, postcards every week, gets you all that, every month, all that stuff. And uh, Matt Donnelly's the brains behind the Patreon. And how do they do that if they want to know more about it? Patreon.com slash pen. Pen. 
and you can get access to the entire back catalog. Mm-hmm. It's a dedicated website that holds the entire back catalog. So people, are, uh, new newer members might get confused because there's like 10, first 10 episodes posted on the actual page. There's a website archive with the entire password protected back catalog that you get access to right away. Uh, higher tier people can get a postcard, signed uh, postcard uh, f- uh, with original artwork on it uh, every every month from Penn, uh, as well as get your name thanked on air. And of course, uh, you can get a celebrity video from Penn. If you want a video of Penn uh, talking to you or someone you love or someone you work with or some kind of gift or whatever, those kind of very popular celebrity videos that people do. I like Penn, doing those. Penn does those. Do. And you can get that at the highest tier at patreon.com slash Penn. Now, talking about Co-evolution to Predator and Prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ready Rich has created a a, a group <laughs> of people that write stuff that is impenetrable. <laughs> I want to read some of this to you, <laughs> which is which I, I can see someone typing this, but I don't know what's going on in their head. <laughs> so this is from Robert Wright. <clears throat> You usually are right on the mark with your comments about song lyrics and actually about everything. But I think you tripped up a little bit over Give Peace a Chance. Okay. I think we understand this part. Yeah. Allow me. And what I said to Give Peace a Chance was nonsense lyrics. Yes. That were really important because he says all we are saying is Give Peace a Chance. Yes. Allow me to point you in this direction. Go forward. <laughs> As you do. You encounter a door, and on the door it says, don't trust anyone under 30. If you frown when you turn the knob, you get a strong electric shock, and Susan Sontag appears overhead in a dialogue bubble and says, you're damn smart, but you bore me to death. As she reaches down and tries to whack you with a rolled up magazine. But if you nod and or smile, the door opens and there on a table is a dot matrix printout of the mighty Quinn. That's a song by Bob Dylan. You read it once, twice, three times, four times, five times. And then you pause and you say to yourself, give peace a chance. Isn't it? Okay. You pause and you say to yourself, (laughs) punctuation is very important in this. You pause and you say to yourself, give peace a chance isn't Dylan, but it's not as bad as I thought, or rather like I thought. I myself see give peace a chance as blindingly brilliant. Why? Well, I guess I could write you an essay, but I prefer to suggest (laughs) you spend some quality time with Quinn the Eskimo. (laughs) <laughs> it's beautiful it really it's is absolutely correct song poem like beautiful beautiful i <laughs> everybody's building ships and mo- boats some are building monuments others jotting down notes everybody's in despair every girl and boy but when quinn the eskimo gets here everybody's gonna jump for joy Come on without, come on within. You've not seen nothing like the mighty Quinn. <laughs> uh, that's one verse of Bob Dylan's uh, mighty yeah. Quinn. 
He saw, apparently, uh, Bob Dylan saw Anthony Quinn in a late-night movie, his motel room, where he thought uh, Anthony Quinn was playing an Eskimo. <laughs> and he thought Quinn the Eskimo, the mighty Quinn, was a good name. <laughs> I think what he might be saying is that <laughs> mighty Quinn is uh, as nonsensical as give peace a chance. Oh. Is that all he's saying? Where's Susan Sontag? I okay, didn't coming? interpret that, but I also don't. I can't offer you an alternative interpretation either. You know? <laughs> I believe he's saying uh, the mighty Quinn is idiotic. <laughs> and quit quit uh, throwing stones, Mr. Glasshouse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now we will go to someone who can understand this. Ready, Rich, what's he saying there? <laughs> I guess I have to point out that one of the challenges with the Congregation Mail is summarizing it while still quoting people. So they're usually highly edited. Mm -hmm. That's where you will see my interpretation of the mail, mm -hmm. and you are seeing this entire mail. I have not edited this at all. <laughs> can I, can I, let me just say, as a person who missed this by a mile, who had no interpretation of what that email meant, I was like, what? Okay. I am on three other podcasts. I know, too many. I'm on three other podcasts. Mm -hmm. Rarely does the mail we get add up to more than a paragraph, <laughs> just like more than one paragraph. Just the, 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 the big essays you guys, you get here is it's pretty astounding. There's some time put into this letter. Yeah. 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 There's a lot yeah. of time put into this letter and it is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in that thought, I also have to point out that there is a filter on my Google mail folder mm -hmm. that anything over three pages, I will never see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you can you see that that folder is populated? Uh, you have to scroll down to it. So yes, but I only do it about once a year when I'm in the mood. And you just look at the number. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody. What's funny is that someone listening right now's heart is broken. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all, all those all those tomes I've written ready, Richard, just sitting in a folder. I had one guy sneak in with a PDF file. His mail was a paragraph and he attached a PDF file. <laughs> so now there's also a, a filter for PDF files. That's incredible. Now, uh, I was able to do that in my head, uh, Mighty Quinn. Yeah. But I've now pulled it up. I was, by the way, right uh, on what I said. I like to go just like the rest. I like my sugar sweet, but jumping cues and making haste just ain't my cup of meat. Everyone's beneath the trees feeding pigeons on a limb. But when Quinn the Eskimo gets here, all the pigeons going to run to him. Come on without, come on within. Let me do what I want to do. I can't decide them all. Just tell me where to put them and I'll tell you who to call. Nobody can get no sleep. There's someone on everybody's toes. But when Quinn the Eskimo gets here, everybody's going to want to doze. <laughs> I always thought it was just tell me where it hurts them and I'll tell you who to call. I've always thought just tell me where it hurts and I'll tell you who to call is a great line. But his point is nonsensical. <laughs> but I think... That he's saying, very similar to, um, what's uh, David Allen Coe's son's name? Tyler Mahan Coe. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Coe. He says when um, uh, Bob Dylan 
made fun of the uh, I Like Little Baby Ducks, the guy who wrote that song. Yeah. He says, uh, I will give you, uh, I love Bob Dylan, but you give me the worst album by this guy, I forgot the guy's name, and I'll give you the worst album by Bob Dylan. We'll play the two and see who's worse. Bob Dylan does have some nonsensical. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. And I think I understand Give Peace a Chance. The point is nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. All we are saying is Give Peace a Chance. It's no matter what I say in these verses, it all means all we are saying is Give Peace a Chance. It's very, very clear. As a matter of fact, Give Peace a Chance is clearer than um, than uh, Bob Dylan's Mighty Quinn. Yeah. Um, so uh, Robert Wright, we uh, we the Mississippi uh, River is clearer than the Mighty Quinn. <laughs> Robert Wright, I don't know how you spell your last name, but today we are spelling it R I G H T. You are right, and uh, yes, uh, yes, you right, righty right, and uh, I think. Uh, we have to have someone go to the door, but we're yeah. going to finish this up kind of sort of anyway in just a moment or two. I was going to just talk a little bit about, um, I guess we've talked about how crazy our mail is. Anything else? We got? Oh, you had a parenting uh, milestone. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I came out of the garage where my children were playing with some neighborhood friends, and I started packing for the show I was doing, a Vinny's show downtown. And... um I didn't realize as I was starting to, you know, pack my little magic props that uh, all the playing had ceased when I entered the room. Uh-huh. And then uh, as I was fumbling around, I finally looked up to look at my oldest son, all of eight, sitting, uh, leaning on his bike with his arms crossed, staring at me almost angrily. Mm-hmm. And I said, I looked at him, I was like, oh, uh, what's up? He goes, can you go? And he was mad that I was in the garage and wanted me to leave. He was authentically angry, cross-armed. And wanted me to get the fuck out of my own garage. <laughs> what was going on? They were just playing a game. They were playing some kind of game. But uh, you were interrupting. But apparently no parents were allowed to eavesdrop on that on that game. So uh, I, I first just straight up, son pissed, arms folded. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Just get out of here. Get we are out. done with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we had, uh, this was more more recent. Uh, I was sitting in uh, in my home yeah. with, uh, with uh, Handsome Jack. We were sitting in my home. Yeah. And my son uh, came downstairs. Yeah. And Handsome Jack said to him, uh, Hello, Zoltan. We're going to have uh, supper. Uh, He probably said dinner. We're going to have dinner, and we're going to order some food. Did you want to order food here? And Zoltan said, I didn't come down here to have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess we could go into this another time when there's more, but you know... That um, that my son now spends all his time talking about being Jewish. Have you been part of this yet? <laughs> no, he has not talked to me about it. No, uh, it's uh, it is very strange. It is a performance art piece by my son. Yeah, uh, that is joined in by my wife. Uh, <laughs> he will say, you know, I'm 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 now Jewish because his grandmother wants him to be Jewish. Yeah, and then also then by. By birthright, that's, he but is. We don't we believe don't we don't believe that. that. That's yeah. I mean, that's the mason ring, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're wearing a mason ring. 
Yes, I am. Are you a Mason? No, I'm not. Well, then you're not allowed to wear the ring. Yes, that's a Mason rule, and I'm not a Mason, so I can wear the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that is. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to do it. So, I just uh, wonder if your son was enjoying that aspect of it. <laughs> and um, uh, he goes on about that. And when you say, how is how is the Jewish thing going, Zoltan? He says, very Shabbat. <laughs> And he sits and goes, whenever he's reading anything, he goes, oi, oi ve, oi ve smear. <laughs> All the time. And then my wife says, listen, if you're going to take this seriously, I'll talk to you about being Jewish right after you're circumcised. <laughs> and then he will say, I don't want to be a Jew. I want to be Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> And they go back and forth like this, and he has now got a book of um, Yiddish Yiddish phrases, Yiddish <laughs> phrases, and he is now walking around talking uh, Yiddish phrases totally inappropriately at random. <laughs> that is that is quite performance arty. That is a uh, yeah, well, he does quite performance art stuff. I don't. I don't know if my kids are going to go through a similar phase. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we, but we have often at the dinner conversation, we'll have Z uh, Zoltan saying lots of stuff. Yeah. And then my wife says, no one at the table has any idea what you're talking about. And then he says, dad does. Oh. And everybody <laughs> looks at me and I kind of sheepishly go, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> wow that's kind of wonderful that does, that does happen Dad yeah nowadays. things are going pretty shabbat <laughs> okay. anyway nice. that was bed sunday school that was bed sunday school cha 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 and to our listening you become naked Yeah, maybe that's all he's saying, is that the mighty Quinn is just as uh, crazy as your piece of chance. Is that all he's saying? I think that's all he's saying. Gotta tell you, I do like the mighty Quinn. <laughs> and I do use the phrase, ain't my cup of meat. I like that phrase. <laughs> you know, we love you. You got anybody to thank there? Uh, I do. I want to thank the following people who are going to get a crazy cool book deal come October. Robin Garnett, Obi Dimitrian Jr., Jeremy R. 22, Winter Rierkowski, Kristen Kledick, Michael Cohen, Dr. Scoop Little, Joseph Mastrangelo, Jeremiah Jenkins, Nate Soloway, Kelly Reeves, Michael Kaplan, Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olwine, Julian Webb, Sean Magruder, Steven Volcano, Jim the Naked Magician selling the domain nakedmagician.com, still on the market. Scooped Mids and Paul McBride. Oh, thank you. Thank you. On holiday, there's nothing like doing nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight, so you can go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing for less. Expedia, made to travel.